Hey, before we get into this episode of Burning Down the House, I just want to say, uh, well, one, hi, it's Daniel. Um, and two, Josh's audio got a little bit messy um, on his recorded version, so I've included the phone version. So, Josh, if you're listening and you're wondering why you sound so bad, that's why. And listeners, if you're wondering why you're not getting the same crisp audio quality that you've come to expect from Burning Down the House, that's why. Enjoy. Yeah. I woke up this morning and thought this song would be the best song. Welcome everyone to the Burning Down the House podcast. I'm your host, Josh Fesser, and I'm greeted and gathered and brought together with my co-host, Austin Ragula. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> and Daniel, the big Daniel, the man, Daniel the man, Dan the man, Mint. Howdy doody, audience. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> you're not like no that's not how no that's not how this goes we're opposed to howdy duty now no i'm not i was just you know it was uh, <laughs> the way you delivered it was not i don't think close to how howdy duty sounded but that's okay silence i'm appropriate welcome to that duty. Awkward, that's uh Welcome to the awkward moments of burning down the house. Brought to you by Faster House Technology. Call us for all your needs. <laughs> <laughs> Notice I didn't say technology needs. <laughs> yeah. Do you need anything? <laughs> need, hey, yeah, right. <laughs> do you need a pool built in your backyard? <laughs> Give us a call. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it might be the worst uh, pool you've uh, ever had, but it'll be there at the end. Right. What are you guys? What are you guys feeling today? How's how's the uh, weather? Let's start with weather, and then let's start with mood. It's hot today. It is eighty-six degrees and sunny in Indiana today. I guess um, that's the first. I want to die, and <laughs> that's about, about all I have to say about what the did weather. You, what did you say the other day about it? You feel like it's like the the ass crack of the devil or something like that. <laughs> Something along those lines. <laughs> Walk outside and it's the plumber's crack of the devil outside, just radiating heat. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, yeah, we're coming off. Uh, we're coming. It's you know, it's bipolar weather season in Indiana. So you know, tomorrow it'll actually. It looks like it's gonna be hot for a minute, but we're coming off That's of good. like it was cold like last week. So you never know right, here. But right. yeah, today it's been it's been a rather nice day. And in our new office, we have our own individual air conditioning. So I don't care how hot it is outside because I can make it cold in here. Right, which is nice. Which is very nice. Unlike our previous office, which had terrible quality for HVAC control. It had one <laughs> control in the center where everyone could touch it, and one lady would turn it up to 85 degrees every day. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And on the, weekends, on the weekends, it was like a sauna in there. Oh, it's cool. Um, the weekends were the worst. I swear worst. they had it to where it was just turned off during the weekends. Right. <laughs> So if anyone listens to this podcast and wonders why we have shifted offices, that would be a major contributing factor. I'll just throw that there. <laughs> yeah. 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 You ever be, like, let me, let me paint a picture for the audience of something that is a less than fun experience. All right. It's, it's five thirty PM on a Friday. Um, you know, you think things are about to wind down when all of a sudden, 
ah, the server has caught fire. You ever right. you ever tried to fix a server frantically in an, in an in an eighty six <laughs> degree room when you're already angry, you're already pissed. You're like, yeah. I gotta do this, and you're sweating. Oh, right. oh, not a good time. Not a good time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, and, and that's, you know, as a business owner, like, you know, you got to consider your employees' well-beings, and that's just not okay. Like, that's just not okay. And there are certain people that I think thought that 85 degrees at 4.30 p.m. on a Friday was perfectly fine, and I would disagree with them. So that is why we were taking our money. I am voting with my wallet. <laughs> And moving <laughs> elsewhere. I like that. If you will. Yeah. I, I like that explanation. Yep. So that was uh that's a major thing. But yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it relates to tech too, because I remember they tried to put some, you know, they use a big I won't say who it is, but just a commercial company and I don't I talked to them about it as well because I was trying to solve that problem when we first moved into that building. And uh, you know, they had a big you know, a lot of HVAC, even the commercial guys are finally getting into that IOT, like Internet of Things sensors yeah. and devices and stuff like that. And those those companies are really starting to um, try to integrate everything as well. So, but of course, they want to charge you a management fee for it and all that kind of wonderful fun stuff that no one wants to pay for. But, um, you know, it is one of those interesting things, that piece of tech that they had in there was actually kind of cool because, you know, I could go in there and and manipulate you know, the, the um, not just the temperature controls, but like the fan speeds and all kinds of crazy stuff yeah, that I, you could do I, in those commercial settings. Look, I mean, yeah, and it's, it's kind of crazy because on a commercial level, like, you know, for anyone, think at home, think like getting a Google Nest or whatever from going right. from like a shitty Honeywell or whatever unit like you know right. you can you like can, an old yeah yeah like cuz i remember the, the, <laughs> the first time the first time i was able to set a schedule like in an easy mm-hmm. web interface of like the temperatures like cuz like i have it where like ah oh, as i wake up it kicks on and i get to the right temperature right. as i step on the cold floor but uh, right. <laughs> um on a business level like yeah like you can do individual fans for rooms like it's crazy the level of and, and and it's it's not surprising because you know that's obviously uh, all you need is a sensor that can send some data to a controller to figure out that kind of stuff. It's just uh, it's cool though that yeah we've gotten to that point now we can kind of see what that looks like in like a big giant scalable size building. Right, right. And of course there are going to be some people like who are these guys talking about? Our place can do that for years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But whatever. But you know oh, what? Well, we don't care about what they think or have to say because they're just haters, <laughs> man. This burning down the house is about Total is about haters. it's about positivity, light, love, and telling people that are haters to go away. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Wait, oh my god, guys, guys, hold on. Do you hear that? What? Do you hear that knocking? No, I, a little. <laughs> I think it's what? the tech news. It's at the door. We gotta let it in. Oh my goodness! Ford has it has officially revealed its Lightning F one hundred and fifty as it brings an electric truck for the masses. Um, this is important and big. And I know people are probably really sick of us talking about cars, but guess what? I don't care. I don't so care. Let me tell you about it. Um, that was not scripted. Up, <laughs> up until this point. Um, you know, obviously, we've seen other companies get into the electric car segment. Um, you got Tesla, you got uh, Chevy makes some, like every company makes some essentially at this point. You can get an electric car from almost anywhere. Um, but electric trucks 
are pretty few and far between. And the options that either do exist or are going to exist have largely been like um, luxury models. So you're mm-hmm. paying upwards of 70 grand into the hundreds once you get to options to own this truck that's electric. Well, Ford right. has officially announced that they're making an all-electric version of its popular F-150 truck, which is, um, I believe, the most popular truck in like the world. Um, so obviously it's important on that line. And what's really important about this is that the the base model with 230 miles of range starts at 39,974, which I know a lot of people are out there going, that's still expensive. I don't have that money. I agree with you. I don't either, but it is significantly less expensive than the gas base model of the four door super crew, which is the first time that an electric variant of a vehicle is cheaper than the gas variant of the vehicle. Um, right. Which I, when I was reading through, I thought that was really, really cool, really important. Um, because, it, yeah, if you're yeah, trying to entice is. people to buy electric, making it the more expensive premium option when many people, when they're buying a car, go in and go like, ah, I want to get payment lower. I, I want $30 saved. Like <laughs> you're on that. You're on that uh, country slang today. I am. That's what I've, that's, usually I'm East Coast. Today I'm Southern. <laughs> all right that's um, pretty cool though that's that's pretty neat that they're doing that well it's also huh. because it's it's truck you know who 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 drives who who primarily drives trucks <laughs> those in the country <laughs> yes the deep south <laughs> no it's you know hard-working blue collar types you know it's good but uh, no, I, I'm just kidding for part of that. But like, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Under forty grand, huh? Under forty grand. The, the long I'm getting kind of blown away over here. Yeah, the long version is going to be in the mid five hundreds. You get thirty three hundred miles of 50, range. 50, um, yeah. It has a good looking exterior. They added like a full light bar to the front. It, it um, doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't look bad. It looks pretty nah, cool. It looks it, like a like a normal F one fifty. And that's what's so cool about it is that all the other electric trucks are trying to be so extra Garbage. and everything wants to it look like, like an crap. alien vehicle. And this doesn't look like an yeah. alien vehicle. It looks like an F-150. Nope. It looks great. Actually, um, I'm looking at the, if you go to the website, well, this is a Verge article that we're looking at right now, but there's i uh, I'm sure you've probably found it on the Ford website. Like it looks pretty cool. Like it looks like a normal truck. Yeah. Like, holy cow, how refreshing is that? <laughs> yeah, and they're, uh, they're, they're, they, didn't, oh, they didn't skimp on, like, the truck, you know, functionality of it. It can still tow 10,000 no. pounds. It still has all the different things. They've actually added a whole suite of technological features to help with towing and lining up the tow hook and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's it's really great. cool. The only, the only negative at this point is, and it's something that's true amongst almost all electric automobiles, except for pretty much Tesla has a pretty good charging network, but the charging network for a Ford product isn't going to be the best. Um, you're probably going to have to invest in some sort of home charger. Um, okay. But that's, that's so, kind of just an early adopter fee across everyone. Not really a Ford thing. So you, so you can't use the same like charging stations out in the wild. There are like, some manufacturers. There are some generic ones, but most of the companies are doing their own like supercharging oh, networks using their own. Thing. I didn't know. I had no idea that was the case. Yeah, that, like, that's really. Hey, welcome to Technical Difficulties Part 2, where Josh's audio comes out of one side of your headphones for two minutes. It's not going to work. <laughs> we want electric vehicle adoption. Like, that's a government reg. That, that right there should be a government reg. Yeah. That should be a, we want this standard, and you all have to build this 
model across. Like it has to be compatible to this. Yeah. That's like the NIST standards for technology. Like they should be stepping in and be like, no, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. It, especially you know? because like, I mean, I don't know. Honest to God, I kind of see the reason I can, I personally, if I was in a bioelectric car, I'd rather have a charger at my house. I wouldn't want to rely on like going out somewhere in the wild oh, yeah. to charge, but it needs no, to no, exist. No. We need some sort of standardization. It, like, Hey, you can go somewhere. Yeah. yeah but I, I agree with you on that principle. I would, I wasn't even thinking personally and not have a home charger that was that's my my thing and i don't think people that definitely people who are buying teslas can afford to have the home you know batteries put in usually generally speaking right probably 95 percent of the people that bought teslas and so because of that reason like it's more about the road trip it's about like oh i can go to colorado from indiana or whatever or from florida over to texas or whatever like you know that along the way you have to recharge your vehicle just like you have to get gas on a gas powered automobile like we should have a standardized platform for that like that's insane to me that we haven't thought that far ahead well it's um, not a matter a it's not weird. a matter of not thinking that f- i think it's a problem of laws and regulations do not reflect technological pace so you know that's the true. companies they're not gonna they don't want standardization they want you to come to their thing and charge with their thing and pay them but that almost yeah maybe but that almost doesn't make sense to me like i would think they'd be able to charge like it more like from other manufacturers that way you know what i mean like say you're you're ford and you make your chargers universal but in order to use it you got to pay them a little bit more extra on the top like, hey, that's a way to make. That's a better way to for me to make in my head to make money. Anyways, I don't know. Maybe maybe the math doesn't make I sense think, with the manufacturing of batteries or whatever. But like, I, th- I, think I don't know. That's just it's a it's a it's a like a not not what is it like a service thing? Like they turn on certain services. So like the the charging port is, I believe, standard. The way the cars okay. charge is standard, but the rate. No, it is. Okay. The rate at which they'll charge your car is different. So, okay. like, if you pull up with a Tesla to the Tesla network, it'll charge your car in like 30 minutes. If you pull up with a Tesla okay. to the Ford one, let's say, it might take eight hours. Two hours. You know what I mean? Like, it might yeah. take a shit ton of time. So, I don't think that they're necessarily to where you can't. You know, charge yeah. your car somewhere, but it, it, it is a significant feature benefit to getting the to the place yeah. that makes your car, I think is the idea. Because I agree, like that's kind of crazy. Like, yeah, if I'm on a road trip, I need to be able to charge my damn car. It's not that ain't right. that's not rocket like, that's science or anything. Thinking. That's just kind of common that's sense. The point. That's the point of having a car is so you can travel and go places on your own whenever you want. Um, interesting. I would um I, I'm curious to see like eventually with these technical uh sorry car manufacturers, not technology companies, um, <laughs> <laughs> which are, they're kind of getting merged now. Um, like when they're going to actually have like a, a solar power, like a solar panel on top, that's, that's, you know, decent enough to like, let you drive for like thousands of miles or whatever. Yeah. And now it'll come that eventually oh, will yeah. happen. I mean, I, you know, people are like, Oh, I can never No, it, it, they'll eventually the engineering, just like the, whatever nanometer we're on chip sets we have now the people back in the day said oh that'll never happen that's way too little like we'll never get there and then all of a sudden i can't remember what the, the there was like a certain nanometer that 
the engineering at the time, back in like the 2000s or maybe the 90s, the engineers of technology said, oh, I will never go past this number. And then Intel just blew through it anyway. Yeah, now they're shit. <laughs> it was kind of building, They're building yeah, fabrications for like two and five, I think, right now. TSMC just announced. Yeah, nanometer. Yeah, two and which crazy, is nuts. Crazy small. Um, and so the, so in the same token, like eventually, you know, we're going to have solar, power, solar panels on top of these oh, vehicles. Yeah. You know that are going to charge these batteries and let you just basically drive around with nothing other than oh I've got to change my battery out eventually as little be uh, you know that's my so I have two I have it's two cool. hopes we're going to get off cars after this otherwise we'll sit here and talk about cars for the whole time but <laughs> I, have, I have two hopes for that and it kind of ties into what you're saying I hope that they can find a way to integrate solar panels into the car I've been saying that mm-hmm. because yeah if you were driving in a sunny day you could theoretically go forever if you were generating enough electricity right. um, and or two finding a way to condense the power cells down and do user replaceable cartridges of batteries. So like not necessarily right. the whole cells cause those would be too heavy, but like being able to just right. like the emergency pack, like, Oh, this is, this is, yeah, a, this is 50 in. miles right here in my hand. And I know that if I plug right. this in here, right. my like car can make flat. it to this. Yep. Like that would be sick. That would be awesome. Yeah. I would, I would definitely, you know, wind up having a few of those in the trunk or whatever, yeah. you know, like you just keep them on hand, you know? Keep them charged, keep them on hand, take them on your road trip, whatever. Like, that's that's pretty cool. Got it. Yeah, on the co- it's good thinking there, uh, Daniel. Go design that. <laughs> yeah, really. I'll go become a car manufacturer real quick. Um, but yeah, I mean, moral of the story is Fetzrest supports electric vehicles, and we think it's cool. And we're going to keep telling we you do. about cool new electric vehicles. Unless. Unless they're ugly, that's the only that's caveat. Then I'm going to rip it to it's a fact. We don't care how fast it is either. It could be the fastest car ever. If it looks like shit, we don't care. anyways moving on um yeah so snapchat Snapchat, social network woohoo doesn't really uh it struggled to make money struggles to keep a user base but but one thing that it has been widely adopted for and is used for and i'm pretty sure is the way it makes money is people use it for both video editing and photo editing because it has a very robust feature set for for filters and different things so snapchat they uh, well the the company snap has announced that it's going to launch a standalone ios video video editing app called story studio later this year which will allow creators to both use this specific app to edit video out side of snapchat so let's say you want to post it to instagram you want to post it to whatever you can do it in this editing app and then post it out and you can also bring in content from desktop editing platforms like final cut premiere into snapchat which is really cool because one of the ways snapchat found a way to make money is by this like feature this this like story spotlight thing so you have all these people they put their their shows that go on youtube onto snapchat essentially in like these short clickable through formats and kids eat the shit up um so enabling this is more for companies and less less creators but enabling a company essentially to take its backflow of catalog for either ads or whatever and be able to just put it onto snapchat natively through this mm-hmm. is is really big i think hmm. now you guys can geek out on this <laughs> so, like am i getting this right like you can like cre- like essentially create tiktoks or any of this shit it all falls into one thing like you don't need snapchat to 
make a Snapchat or you don't need TikTok to make a TikTok. Now they're trying to lean in this direction where they have a, an app. So yes and no. Snapchat is never making something for you to put something on, on TikTok. Snapchat doesn't want you on TikTok. Yeah. So no in that sense. Yes, it is essentially Snapchat saying, hey, here's a way to make content for our platform outside of the app with a more robust feature set. Because that was one way that TikTok was winning. TikTok had amazing video effects. Um, and I know everyone here, no, none of us necessarily like TikTok or anything. But one thing that TikTok does extremely well is it enables users with little to no video editing experience to create pretty impressive visual effects in an app. And I think this is Snapchat's way of fighting that. And it's democratizing it. So now you use this app and you can post it anywhere. So I think they're probably trying to steal some TikTok thunder here is what I'm assuming. Oh yeah, I, I like that a lot. That's exciting. But it, it depends. It depends on how well they do it. True. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm sure you've seen, I, I know neither one of us go on TikTok, but TikToks get posted to Instagram essentially as memes. You know how you'll see like the, the edited shots where it's kind of like yeah, it, it can blur the the background very well and people do those or things like little right. like like dancers will use it to put little like neon lines on their on their flow of their dance. Like if if it's if yeah. it is strong enough to bring that level of functionality that TikTok can bring, I think you will you will see a wave of creators moving to something like this because it's more purpose built. Right. No that yeah, that's that's what's exciting about it for me. Like maybe it'll encourage other people too to start making their own shit because honestly i don't think this snapchat one is going to be i mean it could it could but like snapchat honestly sucks for a lot of the shit they're trying to do like yeah like you can add a song like that was a recent update you can add a song to your snap yeah which would kind of be cool i guess but it takes out the original audio so it's just like it's yeah. really stupid. I don't know. It's it's, it's really big. And that's why I'm saying this is entirely up to whether it is as powerful as video editing as they're saying. If they can match or exceed TikTok's video editing in this app, I could see it going off. Yeah. Um, especially if they market it. Because the way I'm looking at it, um, in for all the audience, you can just look up Story Studio to see what this is. Um, it's not out yet or anything. It's announced. Um. They're not market. It doesn't look like they're really mar marketing it as a Snapchat product. It's kind of just like it doesn't yeah. really have the branding. You can post to Snapchat from it, but like that doesn't necessarily. If they can avoid, because people like Josh or like really almost anyone over the age of thirty like hate Snapchat with a burning passion. Like they see it, they we see it care. as yeah. as care. like kid shit. So yeah, it is. I mean, to me, that's legitimately. Um, but if me. if they can find a way to kind of get away from the Snapchat branding and just make a cool visual effects app, I think right. they. They'll, I think they'll do good with it. Right. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. An app. When you no, really think about it, it there's so much <laughs> fucking smashed in at once. I literally everything. only use it to talk to people who, for some reason, only use Snapchat to talk. Yeah, and there's like a good amount of people that are for some reason like that like they want every group chat to be in snapchat they want i don't like it because i look okay this is josh you're included in this conversation now it's something you, that you care about um, 
do I have to read through my conversation history with people pretty often because I talk to a lot of people and a lot of people need a lot of things from me. So I forget like what I was talking to so-and-so about or what so-and-so wanted at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. And with Snapchat, because it automatically deletes the conversation history, I can't do that. So like it is a very common occurrence for someone to hit me up on Snapchat and me to have no freaking clue what I was talking to someone about because I can't see any of it. I'm like... I'm like I'm crazy about that. Like every time I add someone, I immediately turn that off. You you can do that oh, and make cool. it last forever. Um, I don't know if it's forever or longer. I want to say it's forever because one of our group chats, like you can scroll back forever with shit oh, we've so saved. You're talking about the conversation history. Yeah. There's there's an option to make it. I don't know if it makes it last indefinitely or if it's just, you know, 48 hours instead of 24, but you can change it. I do it every time. It offends some people. I don't fucking care. I just, every time I'm like, no, this is, if we're going to use this to talk, I'm going to make this more like a, like a texting situation. These messages are not going to fucking go away. Like that's stupid. Well, yeah, and at, at that point, like, it's, I don't know. I just, no, never mind. I'm not even going to go down the road because I just think it's kid shit, like yeah. you said. So, <laughs> and, and, and so, like I said, that'll be their that'll be their challenge is getting rid of that Snapchat branding right. and getting in a wider audience outside of that 18 to 24 segment that they kind of have yeah. a hold of. Yeah. I've, I've never cared about that company except the short stock. So, yeah, I. It was fun. It was fun when it was the first thing with filters and stuff. When it was like the first, and it was like really the only way that you could use fun, cool filters or whatever as a joke with your friends. Like, even I wasn't the biggest person that used it or anything, but I could at least see how it's cool or whatever. But it's kind of, it's really fallen into obscurity as other companies have built better versions of it, essentially. They really were the first. And then they made no money doing it. And then all the other companies took zero. their revenue. Yeah, they made zero. It, it, it's a shame. Yeah, it it's a joke. Sense, but it, it, it is a shame. You know what else is a shame? Mm-hmm. Fake product reviews what? on Amazon. Yeah, it is. Um, I am so sick of Recently, it. Amazon has banned a couple of sellers. Um, I won't go through every seller, but I will say uh, they banned Aki, um, which is one that some people might know. A-U-K-E-Y. Aki um, is the name of the company. They make electronics, a lot of battery backups, uh, you know, like freaking cords and shit. Um, and they were found to have just a ton of fraudulent um, uh, reviews on their on their products. Um, and so this was public knowledge. But what has come out is Amazon internal messages have showed that the FTC is apparently uh, getting at them about punishing these fake reviews. Um, oh, yeah, because, I mean, it's horrible. I mean, you just can't trust an Amazon yeah. review. I tell, I, I'll, I'll see my no. mom or my fiance or whoever looking at Amazon products and looking at the reviews, and I'm like, you cannot go buy this. Like, it's either fake or I've recently had more than one product come from, like, a, a little BS Amazon company, and they sent me, like, Oh, here's a five dollar Amazon gift card. Give us a five star review. That's just as bad. Right. Like it's right. you can't buy them yeah, either. Yeah. yeah. The review the whole review scheme thing, I mean, I that's one of the reasons why I actually hate Google. Um, because they're the ones who kind of spearheaded that whole idea, like, you know, Google reviews and all that crap. Like and, and it made me so mad. Like I understand reviewing and like getting like good good reviews, but like honestly, 
I only review people that I trust. And that was kind of like, I think it's like a lost art. Like we've gone from like qualitative analysis of things to quantitative analysis without, without, you know, with just completely ignoring the qualitative aspect. Like I'm all for like a mix of both. And, but Google just kind of takes that and like takes everything. Like I, I think about our, our um, different vacation rental stuff and stuff like that, that I've, you know, looked at in the past that kind of thing. And it's just nothing but Google reviews that say, ah, like this place sucks, you yeah. know, or whatever. This place gets four, four and a half out of five stars, but this one gets 4.9 out of five stars. And there's no real explanation as to why. And that's kind of the issue. So, I mean, I just take a lot of issue with that. Um, I don't like the reviews on Amazon for the same reason. It's like, but you know, there's Chinese farm factoring or Chinese review farm, you know, that, plays a factor in the in the whole thing and it's like what the heck like you you're literally paying somebody to give you good reviews review shop yeah. people there with like a million cell phones like going on just clicking the like button a thousand times yeah. <laughs> a different phone number i mean it and this is a <laughs> like it's insane this is a vi- it's a business and it's happening across it's not even that type of thing, the specifically like Chinese farms for. No, no, no. I, I that's where a lot of it is. But no, yeah, I'm just that, saying yeah. that is that's a that's a very common thing with any kind of user generated thing, whether it be Spotify plays, Amazon reviews, Instagram likes, YouTube views, whatever. There are whole operations in China with farms of smartphones that have cracked the yep. algorithm that can find a way to generate sometimes revenue. Um, yeah. In this absolutely. case, you're getting reviews, which are going to help drive revenue. So that's a little bit indirect. But in the case of like streaming farms with like Spotify, I, I, there are people out there making multiple uh-huh. thousand dollars a month off of thirty seconds of white noise on Spotify that they're paying Seriously? that they're paying a Chinese firm to play fifteen seconds and then skip uh-huh. or whatever, and they make their money that way. And you can farm, um eyes essentially fake digital eyes on your platform to make money and this is um i only wow. say that i don't even bring it up to say that that is a lot of that is one of the ways it's one of the main ways that these companies are getting these fake reviews on right. amazon um the issue of paying for reviews is a problem but it's far less of an issue than the fake generated reviews um Right. outside of amazon i and i'm sure a lot of people they don't even they're probably not looking at the reviews here but recently i wanted to buy a ceiling fan um try to mm-hmm. look at reviews on a hardware company's website like a lowe's or a menards it is all the most obviously fake shit you've ever seen in your entire life like people being like wow right. the directional fins of the fan <laughs> really helped the airflow of my sound like yeah okay yeah you you took that out of the manufacturer's <laughs> ad notes um it's just weird i don't know be careful people if you see a review that maybe is a little bit good too good to be true it probably yeah. is problem is we're bringing this up and i i have a little heartburn about the fact there's no real solution none. to it that i can none. think of none you know fuck. none like I don't know what to say to people. They're like, well, how do I know? It's like, I don't know. I guess you got to rely on your brand or like, you know what I mean? Pick a different seller. With like, Amazon, you can I rely can't. on the fact that they'll, they'll let you return anything. 
So you can yeah, kind of deal with the it. fact like I'm more willing on on most sites. I'll, I'm actually pretty, I'm pretty stingy about it. Like I won't buy something unless I'm pretty sure it's going to be what I want. But with Amazon, like shit, I'll buy four different ones and just pick the one I like the most and take the rest back to Kohl's because it's so easy to send stuff back. Um, right. Or heck, you can just put it in a package and ship it. And then immediately, as soon as they scan the little barcode, I just did that the other day. And it's like, oh, there's your refund. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I okay. live right behind a Kohl's and Kohl's partnered with them. So you, you don't even have to pack up the stuff. I just bring the stuff unpackaged into Kohl's. And the moment they hit that barcode, I get my money back. So it's yeah, like, it, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> Can you imagine the, the process mapping that went behind oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> well, and also the, it, it really tells you it's a, it's a very clear vision of how much these companies are losing on returns. Cause they don't right. care. I mean, I recently, especially, no. I have gotten many, many products where I've tried to return it, and I've been told just to keep it, just because there's not, it's not worth it yeah. to them to restock it. They can't restock it, or it's going to cost more to do it than to get the item itself, and yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, we've had people. We've had not people. We've had Amazon or other you know sellers tell us in the recent past since we you know moved and bought this house, built this house, and everything. We're trying to fill it up, yeah. you know. There's been certain things just like, yeah, no, just keep it. Well, like they'll send us a broken one or the wrong thing or whatever. And they're just like, we don't want it back. Just do whatever you want with it. Like, and I'm talking something that would probably cost, you know, at least a hundred bucks for them to manufacture yeah. it. Well, ship it. And it's like, holy crap, really? Like you want us to just keep that? That's insane. But that's the world we live in today. You know, it's, it's not. And I, I almost like, it feels weird, yeah. right? Like, it's like. I feel dishonest in some way, even though you told me to keep it. Yeah. Like, you know, ah, I don't that, you know, but it is what it, it is. It's very odd. Uh, yeah. Um, no, no. Good stuff, yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's cool that the FTC is going to do something about better. it. And I hope that somehow we can come to some impasse where it at least gets better. I don't think we're ever going to fix that problem, but we can make it better. Uh, it'll never be fixed. Oh yeah. It'll never be fixed. <laughs> but anyways, I, I see that you also want us to talk about Android, which is going to give me so much excitement. So, I think I'm going to pass on that. <laughs> so, so I'm going to make the Android talk really quick. Actually, I'm going to make all of this really quick because something bad's happening in my family right now. Quick little update for everyone. Um, oh, yeah, I'm not sorry. fun. I don't know. Um, is, yeah, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you after okay. we get done recording. It's nothing. I got to run, but I got I got I got to wrap this right. up somewhat soon. Um, we got Android right. 12 is coming out, and I only included this because usually I would not give two rotten shits about Android or what. And like, it, look, it genuinely looks beautiful. I'm not kidding. I'm not no, kidding a little bit. I'm not care. even a little bit joking. The, the design, the design of it is beautiful. No. no. <laughs> I don't care how good it looks. I still hate it. <laughs> I won't be switching to it or anything. But I yeah. love how it looks. I actually think it looks. I think it looks yeah. better than iOS at this point. Yeah. Okay. There's an article on the Verge. It looks kind of cool. I don't care. I don't like Android. They're completely insecure. They're All junk. Right. Awesome. We're so, gonna talk about it. Good then. luck. With that. <laughs> All right. right. Well, for most people um, at your home and your smartphone, you don't care if it's secure um, because you're probably going to insecure (laughs) sites anyway. So outside of that, Android is getting a lot of the same features that iPhone's getting. So Apple Pay, Google Pay is coming. 
uh, the ability to use your phone. No, they haven't had it. Um, they're getting a lot of things that iPhone has had for a while that are just kind of good quality of life things. Um, text size is mm-hmm. up. Animations are up. Like bigger animations, bigger bubbles, um, more continuity across colors. So if you set your lock screen as a and the primary color is green, it will change your system UI to be a complementary color or the same color as your background, which I think cool. is sick. Windows does something similar to this. Um, and yeah, it looks it awesome yeah. on there. I love it on there. I'm going to love it on this. Um, notification center has yeah. been adjusted to look better. Literally everything just, it, it just considerably looks way better. Um, the animations and the bigger buttons are apparently going to um, bring CPU time down 22% and uh, they'll use, they'll use 15% less um, of the powerful cores to run animations. So that should help around some of the issues I have with Android devices being not that Android is the worst. It's that the fact that they, they build these phones with 12 gigs of Ram and an eight core processor, and then it uses it to the point where your battery is essentially non-existent a year and owning the phone is my has always been my problem and it wasn't even the operating system itself um and so it looks like they're kind of trying to address that i'm trying to go quick here on this because i know nobody really cares um privacy stuff they are working on more privacy stuff so they're working on app tracking um being able to disable your camera with certain apps they're, they're doing a much better job of that which another pro- which was another problem i had with google um it just didn't seem like they gave yeah, half a shit about that and uh, while I'm not Mr. Privacy on my home devices. Like I want to put that out there. Like I and I and I I am when it comes to this to the job that we have. Like I I I don't I I want I don't want anyone for a second to think that I don't care about internet security or privacy. It's just that on a home device, I'm not doing anything that I need to be that secure with. I know my thing so i'm looking at these things purely off of is it designed well does it work well and for a long time the answer to those questions for android devices for me has been no and i think this might be the first generation where like the google pixel with android 12 i will probably really like it this might be the first time in a long time too yeah first time that google ever actually care about it if they actually start paying attention to some of the security and privacy okay fine and I, I mean, you do like for the business and stuff like that. Like I can't look people in the eye and be like, yeah, get an Android. You'll be fine. Oh like, no. For business, it, it, I would never in a million a years tell a company to get an Android environment ever. Can't do it. Um, no, no, I don't care about security. Awesome. Are you going to say something? Oh, you're fine. You I was just pointing out. I thought it looked cool. that They're getting Android TV, like an Android TV remote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, like I said, there was a bunch of stuff that iPhone had, stuff like that. You can use your phone as a remote for the TV. Like all sorts of yeah. really easy creature comforts are coming. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, even if even if you don't care, even if you don't care about Android, what it is good is it's good, healthy competition for Apple and iOS. Yeah, that's true, and that always breeds uh, better ideas usually. So that's good. Oh yeah, Excellent. go Google. Go Google, go Google, go! And uh, we we're gonna have, we're gonna end on a somber note, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna take out. I want everyone to get out your lighters. We're having a we're having a vigil for Internet Explorer. Um, Microsoft is finally retiring. Oh, Internet. Microsoft is finally retiring Internet Explorer in 2022. It will no longer be supported in 2022. Um, 
and nor will it be like widely available. Some long-term servicing channels of Windows 10 will still have it, um, but after 2022, it will be going away. Um, I really only included this um, to talk about one specific thing because nobody gives a shit about Internet Explorer and nobody was using it to be of except for some old businesses are still rely yeah. on Internet Explorer for some web apps, and I could see this being yeah. pretty darn disruptive to their operations. It will be, and I and I hate Microsoft for that reason. Uh, ActiveX, when they stopped, you know, developing that, and like just you know, a lot of the apps were developed to like line of business applications for different types of business that needed ActiveX in order to even function. And it's like it, for them to just drop it like that was just a pretty terrible move. Um, it left a lot of people hanging that were relying on that to for their, their livelihoods, their income, you know, and that's, that's where you get technology gets, just gets a bad rap. But, you know, it is what it is. At the same time, Internet Explorer has been, you know, a hacked, uh, yeah. <laughs> very virus plague garbage code that is, not ever been really, you know, completely updated. And, you know, for that reason, I'm happy to see it go. So I'm happy that we have a Chromium based edge, you know, some native browser that Microsoft put, even if it's not completely polished yet, I think it's, you know, it's miles ahead of, of where Chrome is now, in my opinion, because it's, you know, at least less invasive and less, you know, annoying. Chrome is just one of the, the worst browsers out there for me personally. So um, just with how it uh, takes over your system and likes to eat up all your RAM, that kind of yeah, thing. It's definitely starters. annoying for sure. Um, one thing yeah. about IE going away, um, just to kind of piggyback into like the, the whole like business is still using it. Um, I don't want to blame Microsoft too much because like there's only so long that you're going to support a product. And realistically, these companies that are developing these web apps should have stopped using Internet Explorer a minute ago. Right, and at some right. point that, you know, they have to say, we're not going to support it anymore. Please stop making stuff for it. But edge, right. the yeah. Chromium based right. edge has done an amazing job at keeping support for legacy browser programs. So, um, active X yeah. controls yeah. and legacy suites, for example, um, still work in edge and will still work until 2029 they'll be supporting them so you know there's still a good cushion to kind of get away but i do think it's a it's a net good thing and that positive thing for them to kind of say like hey let's phase this out for sure. if, if you guys aren't going to phase it out on your own then someone has to help you because we can't i'm sure to some extent it's probably a money suck for microsoft to keep sinking time and resources into internet explorer percent yeah, completely is. I mean, there's that's all the legacy stuff. <laughs> it's not like they're making subscription money off of that, like they are with, uh, you know, any of the Microsoft 365 apps or whatever. So <laughs> it's not something they want to put a lot of time or effort yep. into. That's for sure. And lot. And to that end, sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and you know, last but not least, la eh, never mind, can't speak. Last but not least, there we go. Uh, Microsoft confirms that Windows 10X is dead. And uh, I'm not even going deep into that one. 10X was going to be the light mobile version of Windows to go on dual screen devices. And then they got bored and said no. no and now they're just incorporating that into no. Windows 10, which we all knew they would do. But I figured I might as well just tell you yeah. that they were doing it. It was like a last attempt. It's like, wasn't that the version that was Windows RT back in the day? And then they just like used the same team to upgrade it to Windows 10X or whatever. 
Like I think it was. Yeah. If so I remember correctly, and it's Windows RT. Like, I, while no. I don't say Windows X is the actual successor to Windows RT, it is the spiritual successor. Yes, because Windows RT was essentially their right. first time trying to make a trimmed down, run it on your tablet operating system, yeah. and that's essentially this was trying to be Windows 10 for the phone. Right. Yeah. For like their what was it the Neo? Yep. The Surface what? Neo. The the bigger. The yeah, bigger little. Dual screen yep, tablet, essentially. Yeah, I, I wish they would get their act together. Honestly, I love the concept of uh, like I love the Apple. We talked about this in a previous podcast, but I'll just mention like the Apple ecosystem and the way you can like use a MacBook and the iPad Pro or the iPad and the iPhone, and it all kind of has like a very similar feel and flow to it, and it's cool and it's like with the setting I changed here reflected there, and it's like on that device, and that's nice, and you know Windows. Try, like they're trying to incorporate some of those things, you know, which I think makes some sense, even from like an enterprise standpoint, like we have two different machines and you change the setting here, it should reflect over there kind of thing. Like as far as the minor settings, I'm not talking about like major system settings. I'm talking about like display, like turn my nightlight on, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing that makes some sense. But like, you know, the, the thing with their devices, I wish they would get it together. Like as far as, let's make these things function. And I would be more in like the windows ecosystem, which is what they totally missed the mark on when they tried to do the windows phone. And I get it. There was like a weird spot to be in, but like if they had actually put good developer money behind that for business, not even for consumers, but for business, I think they would have succeeded because Apple was not at the time when they did all that stuff, that ecosystem development, they weren't really going after the business market. They're going after consumer markets so that that's to me it's just like if if just wish microsoft had just uh, somehow got that yeah. you know like i'd love to have like all my stuff sync between each other all my devices and you know i don't have a surface uh oh crap what's the name is it the duo is yes. phone? yeah the duo thank you um I don't have one of those. I would love to have version two. Hopefully it'll come out with version two and I'll probably get one eventually. Cause like, I think the idea is really cool. It's just that they kind of rushed that release and I wish they hadn't done that. They rushed it for the holidays and it just didn't do very well. I don't even hear, see anything about it in tech news ever. <laughs> like, I don't see anything about when it. When the all. galaxy fold, the first one failed so yeah. hard. Yeah. I think it took a lot yep. of consumer confidence away from the dual screen idea. Um, but now, now they have that new one that's doing pretty well. Yeah. I thought doesn't Samsung have a good yeah? They do. They have the full too. And, and and I'm not saying I'm not saying that the that that technology is bad or anything. I'm just saying that for main like the mainstream consumer market, that that was something that made it to Fox News that the fold was breaking, yeah. you know, $2,000 phone yeah. breaks. So you got mass people right. that saw that and are now apprehensive about two screen phones. Um, I'm not, I'm not putting this on my, I'm not buying this, yeah. you know, like, yeah. So it'll probably take a little yeah. bit. It'll probably take a couple good outings for dual screen phones for that to become mm -hmm. like the main, cause at first it seemed like the mainstream public was really into it. Um, but once that first right. one flopped, it, I, I saw a major shift where a lot of people I knew that were hype about it were like, eh, maybe it sucks. So you never know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. And on that note, I think yeah, we're, we're done. done. That, that's tech news. Tech <laughs> news was wonderful. There are things that are happening. We didn't have to talk about the Apple and Epic trial, which is freaking wonderful. Um, 
Is there no new news with that? Is that it's, why we didn't all talk the, about it? It's more the same, pretty much. It wasn't anything enough for me to talk about. I w- one day, yeah. one day yeah. when we have a really light week, I'm gonna come in here and really break that one down because that one's actually really interesting when you can get into it. But it takes a hot minute to really get into the meat and potatoes of why that's important. Because on the surface, it just seems like a stupid game lawsuit. Um, right. right. I do want to. I do want to yeah, put one one comment out there for our our listeners. Um, outside of anything tech related, um, I actually got a comment on this from one of my friends who listens to this. Um. Josh mm-hmm. and I are not interrupting each other. Josh is calling in via Discord, and then I edit in his microphone recording afterwards. So there is a natural delay where the tail end of my sentence or the start of his or the tail end of his and the start of mine can get a little bit delay-y, and so we will run into each other's sentences a lot. So it's not actually us just being assholes and not knowing how to speak to each other. It's uh, an issue of latency with communication. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there was an issue there. There are a couple. You can definitely hear it if you listen to some of the some of the episodes where you're in Florida. You can hear where I'll start talking before you're done talking, and I'm not actually Uh, doing that. It's just a matter of how we record. Um, And just someone had brought it up, so I just want to put it out there because I know some people probably have no idea that you're even calling in because we edited in that audio and it sounds so good. They probably have no idea that you're not even here. no, I'm not. And that's how good that, my friends, is how, like, anybody listens, that's how good Daniel is. And I'm sure his accounts far exceed that, but I would just say that that's how good he is at uh, making this, making us sound good. So, kudos I, to you. Kudos I appreciate to that, guys. But yeah, I want... Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Burning Down the House. We will be back here on next Thursday. And uh, I just posted two backlogged episodes from the COVID times. Um, so those, those are up. And uh, go, go listen to those. Go back and listen if you hadn't listened. And uh, you'll hear from us next week. Have a good night, New York. Peace out, Girl Scout.